Volume. Hello there and welcome to Waterless. Uh, this is Winston Marlin. Waterless is the podcast of the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, CCIJ, an organization that contributes to the global water conservation by giving voice to and advocating for everyone across the world with water disadvantaged. Our guest today is Jennifer Changwanda, a Malawian journalist with seven years experience in multimedia production. Jennifer currently works as a journalist and producer with Radio Maria in Malawi. Welcome to Waterless Podcast, Jenny. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Winnie. How are you? I'm fine. Jane, you work for Radio Maria, I know, uh, but maybe to begin with, uh, how do you feel that uh, you are being featured in this program today? Winnie, I'm fine and super excited to be featured in this program today. It's an honor for a young journalist like me to be granted this interview in this program. So I'm grateful for according me the opportunity to speak with, about my experience while conveying the story on water safety in Balaga in Malawi. Oh, that's, that's great. Now, like I said earlier on, uh, Jane, you work for Radio Maria Malawi, a radio station that uh, one can't associate with investigative journalism. How come then you seem to be different from the way other journalists that work for this particular radio station work? Yeah, Radio Maria Malawi is a Christian radio station and its main goal is to proclaim the gospel. So we have the, a news department and we air stories in line with the radio media policy. As such, most of the stories we cover are conventional in nature. Indeed, I'm different from other journalists because I am ambitious and I don't let situations and environments I am in to be a setback for what I want to achieve in life. So for the past years, I've been reading a lot of investigative journalism manuals and other investigative stories and in 2016, I produced my first special report about the plight of seven rescue girls who go for safe body to cut short distance to and from school. I am also a regular contributor of news to GenderLink News Safe Safe in South Africa. I am one of the journalists and activists who are heading the study protocol on gender and government. A sub-region regal instrument that brings together regional and global goals on gender equality. Uh, but then, what do other journalists at Radio Maria Malawi say uh, about your uniqueness in terms of covering investigative stories? I am like a role model to them. When I cover an investigative story, they come and they get inspired. They also told me to teach them. Oh, wow. Now, um, you've just recently published a, a story titled Collecting Water Dangerous for Women and Girls. Uh, it's a story that talks about the struggles that women and girls in Baraka District in Malawi face every day uh, as they look for water. Uh, please tell us a bit about the story. All right. This story is sorry bringing to light challenges that women and girls are facing to access portable water in Baraka. You know, Balaka is one of the districts which depend on Mpira Dam in Shell District under the Mpira Balaka 
Waterloo project, as you may be aware that the dam dried up in 2018, and we heard through the media that all problems pertaining to the water crisis has been rectified. However, on the ground, things are different in Baraka. What's the difference? Okay, things are different on the ground because most of the villages in the Baraka don't have communal taps. They have been vandalized and damaged. Some water flow only at night. And the people in Baraka, especially at Tiesawali, they have a different case because they have been struggling for water for 22 years. The water from the dam was stopped flowing in most of the communal taps in the area. As such, women and girls are bearing the brunt of water scarcity because of family obligation that made them to do household chores. What really motivated you to, to do this story? I mean, it's something that was happening. What drove you to do this particular story? Okay. In the past years, I was producing a radio program called the Watch. In English, you can say, what are we in decentralization? So when I go to the these communities to do that program, I saw women carrying pails of water, going here and there. I saw queues of women waiting for their change. So I said, wow, how come yet the government said they have rectified the problem of Mpira Dam? So I started, I started digging deeper to find out what, what, is, what is the problem. Now, when I was going through your story, um... Uh, which essentially talks about the struggles that these women and girls face. Uh, one of your sources, Enifa Mbalu of Balusi village, says uh, married women also face gender-based violence as a direct result of water shortages. Uh, how serious is this problem and uh, how is it tied up to the water challenges? Okay, because of water scarcity, women there, they are subjected to emotional and physical gender-based violence because the problem is very serious and is worsening each and every year. As I said earlier, that in that community, they have few taps and bottles. And the, on top of that, the area is an arid area one. As such, most rivers dry area, maybe in May or June. So to fetch water, women and girls, walk very, very long distances and make several round trips and also they have to queue for extended time at the communal taps to waiting for their chance. So when they come back home later, their husbands suspect them that they have extra marital affairs, hate facing punishment for their late return home. Doing this story was, was difficult, like another investigative story. Now, especially uh, in, in, in the fact that comparatively, you are young, uh, in, uh, in contrast to most of your sources. Uh, did your age pose any, any challenge uh, when you're doing this story? And not necessarily, because the time before I, I went there to start gathering data for the story, my editor, Raymond Joseph, briefed with me about ethical issues to do with journalism, to do with interviewing people. So when I go there, I introduced myself tell them what I want to do with the information and also asking the consent to take pictures and also to do the interview. But the good thing is people around the community, they had 
the hunger to express their, themselves pertaining to the, the problem they have. They wanted a platform to share their experience with the water crisis in their area. So I take that as an advantage also to ask more about them because they take my story as a platform to reach their duty bearers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they saw this as an opportunity to, to speak their minds. Because they have been with that problem for 22 years and nobody was explaining to them what was going wrong. Yeah, so they take it as an opportunity to speak out. Now, in every story that we do, there are some lessons that we, we learn. Is there any particular uh, lesson that you've learned from this story? Yeah, one of the cardinal lessons from covering this story is that most of the issues affecting rural communities are not covered in mainstream journalism. Newspapers, magazines, radio stations, television stations, and online publications will pay a lot of attention to politics. Secondly, I feel that ward councillors, members of parliament, civil society, and government officials seem to be sleeping on their jobs. Imagine that for over 22 years, no one seemed to care about the plight of people from the area we covered. The people have no access of safe and portable water for all these years. Yet they have a representative in the National Assembly and at the District Council who should be fighting for their rights. Most of the times, the, the people that we speak to, like for example in the story that you, have, you are just telling us uh, today, are vulnerable to a number of things. So I was wondering whether you could share with us how you ensured that uh, these people uh, are not vulnerable. You report responsibly, despite the fact that they have problems. First of all, I adhere to the ethical issues because before I interview them, I grant a consent from them and also grant a consent to take pictures. Oh, that's great. Now, you, you have been working on a number of stories, especially investigative stories. Uh, are there any specific tips that you would give uh, to journalists on how to approach uh, such kind of stories? For example, uh, stories to do with the water problems. Yes. First of all, they must read a lot of rich, rich literature pertaining to water around the globe. Secondly, they should also understand and recognize that right to water is one of the best, basic fundamental human rights. And then they also need to go down to the communities before maybe doing their stories, go there, interact with people for them to share their experiences and also when they have maybe some reports about water in the country, they need also not just to depend on what the government or NGOs they are saying about their reports. What they can do, they need to go to the communities and see themselves what is going on in the community. Because most of the times we have nice reports, but down the community, things are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's a great, uh, those are great tips indeed. Uh, now, now, Jennifer, uh, I, I know that people, after listening to your story, they would want to get in touch with you. Uh, how can they find you? Uh, for example, on social media, uh, are you on Facebook, are you on Twitter? Maybe just tell us how people can find you. I am on Facebook and Twitter, plus WhatsApp, 
and also I have an email address. The email address is changwandaj at yahoo.com. Twitter is at jchangwanda. Uh, thanks so much, Jane, for, for being there. Thank you, Win. Have a lovely evening. We can say evening, yeah. Have a lovely evening. Oh, wonderful. We have come to the end of a waterless program. It's a podcast that is produced by volume in collaboration with the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, CCIJ, a nonprofit collective of media creatives from across the globe, all united in the pursuit of cross water and cross discipline investigation. Well, this has been Winston Mallet. Uh, listener, feel free to get in touch with the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, CCIJ, at ccij.io. See you next time. Volume.